0: hey jj good to see you again episode 120
1: yeah episode 120 gamble great to see you as well happy start of the week
0: yeah start of another busy week which is becoming the the trend now there's there's no the weekend's just Fly by, and then it's Monday, and you're just straight back onto the hamster wheel.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're <I mean>, like, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. Just running seems like we're running in place, but man, we are running all over the place.
0: Uh, people might say I'm exaggerating, because you know, I bump into family, friends, colleagues, or virtually speaking to people, and they're like, "Hey, Chris, are you busy?" And I'm like. <sighs> yeah (laughs) you don't know whether to like laugh cry right yeah give me a hug you know it's just too almost at the verge of you're almost too busy but honestly it's it's just the way i like it i like that constant uh just with no gaps there's actually something that, that a lot of people including myself thrive from that constant cycle of uh smart home projects
1: yeah, absolutely, man. No gaps is, uh, is definitely something that we strive to, to do. We don't want any gaps in our calendar, in our time, from when we hit the shop door to when we close the shop door from beginning to end. No gaps, man. And uh, that has not been a challenging task for for many, many months. I remember at the beginning, you know, I think it was March We did one where it was a screenshot where I had my hand in my head, you know, my head in my hands, and I was like, "When is this going to end?" Dude, about twenty days later, it ended. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's been gangbusters ever since.
0: Well, to, to to talk on that 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 point, you know, we are faced with a global issue here, a global pandemic, global shift in, in in everything that was normal before. The whole world took a took a kick to the ribs, a punch to the head, whatever, you know, everybody just was hammered last March. And, you know, lots of people continue to be hammered by that. And that's truly unfortunate. And we're just one of that industries that seems to have come out okay. And, you know, it won't last forever. But at the moment, our industry is is one of the ones that's coping very well with this Yeah,
1: and and gamble to be to be transparent it has not always been the case you know uh three four years ago i remember going oh my goodness is the phone going to ring it's just people it wasn't that the economy was was bad it was just people weren't investing necessarily in their homes uh as much as uh we were available to assist them with that, and uh, things have things have turned quite a bit lately.
0: I will say, there's probably also the, the change in in what's available now for people's homes came really came good over the last three or four years, where you had these, you know, sticking to global viewpoints. We had global brands, brands that captured a worldwide audience, whether it's to monitor deliveries to your front door to have music around your house to have a voice assistant in your home you know four years ago that was science fiction now you know my sisters have that and that's my barometer if my sisters have got that kind of tech and they're pretty low tech kind of girls if they're using that and and calling my house you know hey call chris call and they're using that now to make their their traditional telephone calls that's a massive shift in, in the last four years.
1: Yeah, that's saying something. I mean, uh, technology has become easy enough to where people feel comfortable using it. I think we talked about that a while back to uh, to where you know, there was a time and still there's some times that people are like, I, I don't even want to get involved with it because I'm just not going to be able to figure it out. It's going to be a, a lost investment for us. And uh, I just don't want to invest my money in it because I'm not going to get the return out of it. But tech has made it easy enough to where, you know, people are starting to, those barriers are starting to fall and people are starting to embrace some of that technology.
0: You know, today was uh, one of those days where I I think I visited six or seven houses and they were all little, little tasks that just stacked up last week where people just need a little bit of in-home support and, and. In some cases, I was standing on the outside of their home to support them through the, through the window or through an open window, telling them how, how to fix something. Literally 10-minute service visits. Um, and one in particular was a, an older couple who I didn't even have to enter the home because I was conscious of their, their age group and their vulnerability. And, you know, shouting through the window at them. I was cold, man. It was like minus three degrees today here. Oh, uh, I was shouting through the window. They couldn't, they couldn't remember how to change from HDMI 1 to HDMI 2. Um, I, I laugh at it because it's funny for people that are so tech savvy, but some people get confused with it. Yeah. But talk about a change in conversation. Uh, they said, oh, Chris, we're thinking of changing this television. I said, oh, okay, you've got quite a nice TV. I said, you know, it's only about four years old early 4k screen well we've been reading up about 8k and dude these this uh, couple they're they're mid to late 70s and they're reading about 8k television and they said we've decided we want one and could you provide us a quotation for one uh, install it show us how to use it and again it's just that knocked me back a little bit where you're having that discussions where people are using terminology that you just don't expect them to, and they've become comfortable talking about it and uh, just that culture shift. So I've put together a couple of estimates for them for some uh, 82 and 85 inch 8K TVs. But to finish the story, I put in a third estimate, a third quotation that was for an 85 inch 4K QLED TV. And with the budget that was remaining added in, Sonos Arc soundbar, Sonos Sub Gen 3 subwoofer, a Sonos Amp, two Gallo Acoustics rear speakers, the little on-wall micro SE speakers, and all in one remote control. And that in total, including installation, matched the 85-inch 8K TV. I know what I would choose.
1: Yeah, talk about getting some bang for your buck. That's that's quite a, a difference in, in price, just because going from eight k to four k, and definitely there there's a price difference. You know, one thing that I've always wondered: why does the price jump so much going from mm. seventy five to an eighty five inch TV? I mean, just it's ten more inches. I mean, it's, it used to be sixty five to seventy five was a major jump. Now now they're a lot closer in size, but when we go from seventy five to eighty five, maybe it's just people are starting to feel more comfortable purchasing larger TVs. And, and, uh, and so they're able to, to produce more and cost of those, those larger devices will, will go down. Hopefully they do because we're getting those same kind of requests gamble to where people want larger size televisions predominantly for us to go over their fireplace. But it's, it's interesting over the last couple of, over the last year, really, people have really opened up and, and their vocabulary and understanding or their desire to understand has really blossomed. And one of the biggest ones for us is, is streaming TV. Um, people want to find, and, and I was having a conversation with a gentleman earlier today, and he's like, dude, I am so jealous that that you haven't been paying for video services for three years. I was telling him, "Yeah, my wife and I we cut the cable like three or four years ago, and we do a lot of our all of our streaming through our through our Roku device." And uh, he's like, "Yeah, man, we got we have Roku at our house, and of course they have all the streaming services, but they they want to cut cut cable." And I was talking about YouTube TV as being our video service that honestly although it's cheaper, we don't use that service all that much either. (laughs) But people just questioning and having the understanding of what streaming uh, can provide them as a access to to information versus having a, a channel clicker and a bunch of channels that they don't even use. You know, they feel like they're paying for something that they don't, even even use um it's just the frustration of dealing with those isps and then the contracts uh yeah people's vocabulary definitely has been expanding over these last couple of years just that awareness it's it's amazing
0: you know i was just thinking about you were talking about tv sizes and, and and installers fitting the tv for their customers and it's now got to a point where tvs are Probably too big now for a, a DIY installation. If if you don't feel comfortable beyond really, if, if you're going about fifty-five inch, you've got to have two people. You've got to know what's in that wall. You've you've just you've got to have the right tools, the right fixings, uh, the right brackets. Anything above fifty-five inch, hire a pro. I honestly, can't say that strongly enough because the catastrophe that could potentially happen when wall a TV, and if that slips, falls, is, doesn't bear thinking about it. Not Regardless of somebody getting injured, the damage, you know, that large screen hitting a stone floor, or a wood floor, ripping a hole in the wall, it's... I've seen the damage by a badly installed TV and can't endorse highly enough that the need to hire a pro and get them in for that couple of hours, it's all it takes. Take the hit, you're going to have you know, long-term viewing enjoyment after they're done.
1: I remember I was inspecting a television that I think it was a DIY TV install. And the client had called us out and said, he just didn't know why, but the bracket just would not sit flat on the wall. It just didn't, something wasn't right. Man, uh, he's got little kids, you know, or had little kids. This was probably five, six years ago. And I don't know if y'all use the same vocabulary, but we use these things called toggle bolts and you you have your, you have your screw and then the toggle is like a wing. And when it gets on the other side of the the wall, it opens up and then you tighten it up and, you know, it sucks whatever you, you have toggled to it up to the wall and makes it nice and tight, nice and firm. Well, he had put the toggle in backwards and so whenever he was tightening it up the toggle was closing and coming out of the wall. And man, one little tug on that television the whole thing would have fallen right off the wall because you you can put them in, (laughs) you can put them in the wrong way. Uh, And what is something that is very reliable and uh, guaranteed to work every time. If he, it in backwards can have a very negative effect on your whole family you know in investment you can replace a tv you can fix a floor but if it falls on a person you know especially a little person gosh man that that's that's a bad thing
0: yeah you know it's just you know there's there's trades people you'll use for other tasks that you would never hesitate to to call plumbers, electricians, uh, other construction professionals. Uh, I still, I think it's getting stronger and stronger now as more techs coming into the home, but we're still some way off homeowners knowing to reach that phone or do that Google search for for home technology professional, smart home installer, an AV technician or whatever terms might be in their vocabulary we're still a little way off that but I definitely see uh, based on our search results we get f- for our business it's people are searching for the right things now um, and, and always reiterate every week you know there's people in your local area there to help you with your technology requirements
1: so do you ever ask your clients like how did you find us and you know they say google and uh... Do you ever ask what search terms they're looking for?
0: Uh, Yeah, I used to, I used to pay a lot of attention to that when I was kind of a little bit obsessed about growing the business through digital methods. You know, it was really, really felt that social and websites would, would be the main driver. And it's still a big part of people coming, but there's nothing like referrals (laughs) <laughs> for for getting yeah. new business in and that's the the normal thread is hey chris i got your number from hey chris i was passed your details by that that's never going to go away um and it's just that is one of the reasons why your last job should always be your best job yeah in my book.
1: yeah I, I'm always asking clients and really it's like, what's the search terms that that you're looking for? Cause we're always talking about, if you don't know, find a home tech pro. And I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out like, well, what do I search for whenever I'm, I'm looking for a home technology professional, because if you Google home technology professional, you're probably not going to find anything at all. Um, but uh, search terms that, that I find people finding us by is like a Wi-Fi installer or smart home installer or a security camera installer or professional, you know, wireless professional, you know, those types of vocabulary words usually land them on me or some of my competition in the area, but gives them a good idea of where to start you know and where where can I look to at least try to get some of these uh challenges that I might have fulfilled.
0: I've always found it useful being aligned with manufacturers installation networks Mm, and this week or last week sorry I was did a little bit of time on on some calls with with Lutron who are launching their Lutron Pro network in the uk and europe and we're one of the early early front runners with that project and and are are actually assisting lutron with it in a small way and i think being part of their web presence their search engine results their keywords and then if somebody comes across their website you know their search for smart lighting or voice controlled lights or lighting systems lighting scenes that kind of things mood lighting then if they can discover you based on your postcode location or specialism that is you know as much as you plow lots of resources and time into your own website i do believe that being on other people's websites is a massive driver uh, to your to your phone or or inbox
1: yeah i i I know that our industry really encourages manufacturers to have a find a dealer or find a professional on their website. Um, Ring does, you know, mm-hmm. for their Ring X line. Uh, Sonos has even uh, loosened up and started putting professionals, you know, in your general area that can come out and assist you. Lutron has been fa- fantastic for, for many, many years here in the States. It's great to hear that y'all are uh, starting to do it over there in uh, in the UK as well. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for a professional for a particular solution, call a manufacturer or look on their website, see if they got a dealer there. Uh, and then like we've talked about it, um, you know verify that professional's credentials because just because they're on the website doesn't mean that's exactly the person you might what in your home to do the solution
0: yeah that that's also why referrals often break the ice a lot sooner you know if, if a friend or colleague have, have recommended you or that person's visited that person's home you know their friend's home and they've like today we were we had a call Somebody said uh, I went around to this such and such's house I saw their unique looking light switches and uh, they told me all about it and we had a good conversation about what what their smart lighting system does mm-hmm. and i want it uh, and i understand it's retrofittable which was another attraction to this person with an existing home no work planned no wiring you know no rewiring planned but the customer of mine that had spoke to him said, you can have this in any home. Chris told me you can have it in any home, you know? <laughs> so, so we'll have to uh, set up a safe survey for that when when we're able to go back into people's homes.
1: I had a, a double referral to, to where a client um, is good friends with a guy that I know. And we had done four or five televisions at his at his office. And so he passed our, name along to, to this potential client. And uh, this potential client was over at another friend's house and just telling him how he bought a new home and needed to get some TVs hung. And that his other friend that he was visiting was like, Hey man, you need to give JJ a call over at digital light. And he's like, Oh man, that's exactly who, (laughs) who I was told to call. And it, it, it feels so good to get a double referral.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you know
1: before somebody gives you a call that you know just makes you feel like like you're you're doing good things you know that you're you're actually helping resolve you know some things uh, that people are in need of
0: yeah and that's also one of the reasons why we we chose certain products for our customers that you know they they get as excited about it as as we are, and they're they're happy to talk to their friends and family about it because they've got systems that they can they can customize it themselves, they can create scenes, they can create playlists, they can uh, you know create a fun name for their Wi-Fi network, they can change the color of the lights, they can schedule the, the shades or the curtains to open or close at a time of day. And if you give people the freedom to be in and around their home technology and have some power over it rather than being locked away from it, which was the curse of our industry for many, many years, that people were having technology installations, mm-hmm. but being, you know, prevented Honorable. from doing anything from yeah. it. You know, they weren't able to make these adjustments. They constantly had to, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna ask the home tech pro and I'm gonna pay for that every time. Right. Now we're giving people the freedom and that makes them excited to discuss it with their friends.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Not not being locked down or locked, locked yeah. to their product. And I had clients feel like tell me they felt so vulnerable, mm. you know, to their to their technology, which is absolutely the wrong way for somebody to that makes Makes huge investments, gamble like hundred thousand dollar investments. Golly, that's still. I mean, we don't get me wrong. We do large jobs like that, but it's uh, it's not with products that if they want to manipulate or make adjustments to themselves that that they cannot, you know. Um, so a lot of cool, a lot of cool changes in technology over the past several years. You know,
0: JJ, I publicly. Put it out there that I don't do one hundred thousand pound installations. I don't go there, and that for many years people will be like, "I don't get this guy in our industry customized. I don't get this that they're not wanting these hundred k projects and these two hundred and fifty thousand pound media rooms." I don't want to go there. I honestly don't. I don't feel comfortable there. I don't feel it's value for money. I don't see the the long term relationships being built around these projects. I don't believe. It's smooth in the majority of cases when you're dealing with those kind of figures and the expectation levels are off the chart. Now, there's still high expectations when somebody's spending 15,000 pounds on a lighting system or 10,000 pounds on a, on a small TV room slash cinema room. Of course the expectations are there, but they're delivered quicker. They're delivered um, with efficiency, with, Customer awareness of what's going in. There's nothing hidden from them. There's no inaccessibility that that, that sh- shrouds the, the six-figure smart homes and the six-figure installations. And again, people listening to this will say, "You know, Chris, you're you're hating on the big the big installs again." But I don't believe they've got a long-term future unless you know it's in the the biggest house in the town there, there's you're, you're not that market can only be narrowing i don't believe it's getting bigger
1: no i mean there's there's always been more fruit on the tree whenever you get past that one one percent uh more just more opportunity to do to do more work uh, especially when everybody is trying to to devour that one percent um i got i got tired of battling those battles uh, and look for alternative ways that's really what got me kind of into what, what we're doing now, uh, for the past, I don't know, three or four years now. And, uh, it's been, it's been wonderful. And, uh, I kinda, I kinda agree with you, uh, on those, on those larger projects, but I, I, like them. Uh, I, we don't do a tremendous amount of them just cause man, you gotta, and when I, when I talk about it, I'm also including shades and, and lights and that really can, and fixtures that really can drive up the price but when it comes to just audio and video and and control systems we're not getting anywhere close to that you know uh, it's it's whenever we start adding some additional options into our that that we offer in our portfolio that that can kind of start getting us up there into that into that six-figure job set
0: of course there is a customer base for that and there's people with that that kind of budgets, but I, I believe it's a, a, just a small amount of, in the grand scheme of things, a small amount of opportunities when you, you know, push yourself into that arena. It's like a bit of a lion's den. And again, talking the kind of business side of things, but there's just there's a much bigger playing field elsewhere. Uh, and it makes me shudder when I see a lot of new entrants to the industry make Fast leaps up into that lion's den. And, uh, well, man, it gives me the shivers because it's no, me too. You, you will get eaten alive there if you can't deliver.
1: You, you can deliver, but it's that. What, what did we start out this conversation talking about? No pockets in the schedule, no holes in the schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start dealing with that 1%, man, you, you're, you're, from you're supposed to be swinging from one hundred thousand dollar vine to another hundred thousand vine every time, and dude, I've been doing this for so long. That's just that's that's a that's a big task to ask.
0: Yeah, but you know, kudos to the people that are, are executing that, and you know, they got big big teams around them. They got um, you know they're investing to to accommodate that kind of installations, that kind of projects. And fair play to them. So we've talked for half an hour, JJ. It's been a good episode. And I know that we've got one or two things we're going to finish off this episode with. And it's an introduction of something new, which JJ and I have been talking about. Uh, Just to add something a little bit fresh at the end of the show, we're going to dive into a Facebook group. Um, A lot of you might be members of these Facebook groups already, and there's loads of them cropping up around brand-specific user groups, uh, programmers, installers, all sorts of groups around products, uh, Ring, Sonos, Nest, Ubiquity. And JJ and I often have a look in these and and help out if we can, being home tech pros, we like to to help some of these groups, Not, not to get sales or anything like that, but just to to help out because we are experienced with these products. So we thought we'd dive into to one of the groups tonight and see if we can on the fly, just uh, have a discussion about some of the things that are cropping up and maybe it's something that you're having issues with and, and maybe you can get some some support from, from what we're adding here. So JJ, we've got the Ring user group here.
1: Yeah, man, uh, it, it's always fun to peruse these different groups and I sometimes drop in and give my understanding of my experiences out in the field and Joey uh, Joey Fortuna and I've never met Joey I don't know Joey by any means at all but I believe he founded this Ring Users Group a while back and man they're up to twenty three thousand members that's that's a user group to to say the least and you know back in December he wrote over the past thirty days we have had close to two thousand new members. In a month, 2,000 members. Oh my gosh! Some of these members are first-time ring users, and some of the questions might be basic or repeat or something that they've discussed in the past. And uh, you know, that's uh, that—that's always going to be the case because you always have new adopters to to products, like we were talking about, people that are starting to get comfortable with embracing technology. And uh, some of the questions that have been asked in the past get asked again. And sometimes those questions will always <laughs> be asked uh, because of awareness and understanding. And so I was, I was going through here and, you know, these devices are larger systems. We're doing large systems of, of Ring doorbell and Ring has made a fantastic name for themselves. They have a variety of different products that fit different kinds of needs where they started out with just a doorbell. They've expanded to to floodlights that have a camera built into it with a mic and a speaker to to little spotlights with little LED strips on it to uh, other little cameras. And they all kind of do the same thing, but they have different form factors that that make them fit in different environments. Um, and you know, there's this one guy on here, Larry, and he, passed, he posted this uh, about five hours ago. And Gamble, I tell you what Larry is experiencing is something that we've been called out to on jobs before in the past. And he put up a ring camera and hardwired it to, to the power. And I think he said that they had like a little uh, power blink, power outage. And his camera was no longer connecting to the network. And he was trying to figure out like, man, is every time that my power goes down, am I going to have to climb back up on this ladder and reset my, my ring camera? And uh, for us, the answer is no. You know, pretty much once you get it set in there, you're good to go. But like most electronics, on occasion, like a phone or a laptop, you have to reset it. And sometimes uh, I've found that a power outage or a blink of power, more like a brownout, will cause confusion, confusion in the boot up and not allow for those devices to, to sync all the way back up.
0: It doesn't sound that like his camera is going to come back online though. It sounds like he's got quite, a, maybe it's been, been damaged by that, by that power outage.
1: Yeah, very well. It could have been power uh, damaged, and the network card aspect of it of it worked. Um, you know, there were some really good suggestions in here. Uh, my favorite was locate the breaker to that to that line and power cycle it that way. So don't get back up on the ladder; just flip the breaker and flip it back on and, and see what happens.
0: I often find that's that's one of the good things about power over Ethernet devices, and, and Ring have a power over ethernet camera and doorbell if you did need to to recycle the power you just go to your network switch hopefully you've labeled it identify you know port six remove the ethernet cable count to 20 sing happy birthday twice whatever is your technique and uh, plug it back in and that should give it the the necessary reboot of power that it might need and that goes for any device cameras wi-fi access points um you know anything connected to the network just gives it a little bit of a fresh start again.
1: You know, Gamble, I always wondered in the past, like, do you really, do you really need to wait 20 seconds? And the answer is yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a, there's a purpose behind waiting that amount of time. For me, what really kind of made me aware of it was uh Bose used to have problems with their amps and they needed to be reset or you had have to change the room code. And they have capacitors in there that would store electricity or power and you had to allow those capacitors to completely mm. run out of juice so that there was truly no electricity to to the boards so when you plugged it in it was really booting up from zero um so yeah i like that one count that or sing happy birthday twice i like
0: that one. <laughs> i stole that from uh, boris johnson that's oh yeah, a, a sing "Happy Birthday" whilst <laughs> you're washing your hands.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, There you go. I like it. You know, they got all kinds of good questions uh, here in in this uh, Ring Users group, and I want to encourage people go over there uh, and take a look. And if you're a Ring user or looking at being a Ring user, you know, go ahead and invite yourself to the group. Get in there.
0: Let's find something else, and let's see if we can.
1: All
0: right. Find something that challenges.
1: I noticed on my camera that I get a notification when I leave home, but when I return, I don't get a notification. Any obvious reason why this might be? Am I missing something? They got a solar spotlight camera.
0: Well, I will say notifications can be hit and miss on the battery powered devices. Um, I don't know if it is battery powered or solar powered. Yeah, solar spotlight cam. Mm I, I live with Ring at my own home, and one of the older devices I've got, it doesn't always get the notification through the hardwired network attached products that I've got the, the PoE cameras and doorbell. It comes through like instant, but I had to change apps. I now use an app called Rapid Ring, yeah, yeah, which. Is a scaled down version of the Ring app and it's made by Ring, but it's purely just an app for notifications. And you you log into your Ring account, you don't you can't make any adjustments to the products or anything like that. It just allows you to use that app as your notifications. And they come through real fast with, with rapid
1: ring. Yeah. I also noticed that there's a difference on, you know, depending on your internet connection. Hmm. Not necessarily, you know, download is definitely important, but more the upload. And you definitely want to have a upload, uh, uh, a higher speed upload so that the signal can can connect to the cloud service faster and allow for that recording or that triggering to to happen.
0: Yeah, and and somebody commented there, Kathy, which I, I think is a valid response to that. Um, The the motion sensor, the proximity sensor built into the camera, you know, when when you're leaving your home, you spend that little bit of time at the door, putting the key in, you know, checking your pocket for your phone is my routine. Um, You know, it's just the cameras may be able to detect that when you're leaving, but when somebody's arriving, it might not pick up that motion uh, until they're very, very close to the door
1: yeah that's an excellent point excellent point I, I i love in this users group they always post these funny and unique videos like these raccoons yeah, animals yeah <laughs> oh man that's kind of like what uh, switzerland was this past weekend and scotland In scotland <laughs> yeah y'all y'all had a ton of snow over there goodness gracious it yeah. was like a blizzard
0: Yeah, the UK got quite a dump of snow this this weekend. Mm.
1: Let's see what Jessica says here. Jessica, my doorbell is catching the sidewalk. I have battery video doorbell, although I'm not sure which model. It could be one or two. I used to be able to make the motion area wider or smaller, but now that option is gone. Is there another way? Mm. You know, on those... uh, the ring doorbells, depending on the service, I think it's the service that you have to buy that will allow you to. And actually, there's uh, the one that I'm talking about is the hundred dollar a year service that allows you to to set up your your motion ranges. And I don't know. I don't know if that's a free service or not. I think you have to actually subscribe.
0: Uh, I think I think you can adjust how sensitive the sensor is, so it's normally like a sliding scale, like one meter, three meters, five meters, and you can adjust um, the, the, the distance. I don't think you can make it wider. In the, When mm. you have the, the subscription, you, you can then create like areas of interest. So areas where you will get alerts from and not get alerts from. Um, in that situation, I wouldn't be averse to actually just adding another battery, stick-up cam, an outdoor one. You know, if you've got blind spots from your doorbell or a camera, the simplest way to improve it is another camera and that will have another field of view, which will cover another, you know, part of your home, your garden, or of a room. Hey,
1: John, of you. How are you doing?
0: One, one camera won't always be the the cure for all your security. That's why you see homes in a lot of cases with five, six, seven cameras in a large property and and indoor and outdoor cameras.
1: Yeah, we did a job today that we had uh, six ring cameras and it was a variety of different ring cameras that we had going around the house. Video doorbell for the front, had a couple of spotlights and also did a floodlight for the very back of the house Man, the clients love that flexibility.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be put off by adding more security cameras. I really think that's uh, truly the only way you're going to get that that 360 degree view around your home. Uh, and also, don't be put off by having a camera indoors. Some people think that's oh, I don't want a camera to see me. But I like to have a camera in the entry points to homes so that. Where your front entrance is. For example, say somebody did break into your home. If I was in the home and in an upstairs bedroom, one thing I would like to see, if somebody did break into my home, where are they once they've got in? I would actually like to see: are they in the kitchen? Are they in the hallway? Can you know if I go down or what you know? I'm not putting people want to make people scared, but. There's an argument to say if somebody breaks into my home, I want to know where they are inside.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And Rings actually come out with a new camera. And ah, I haven't yeah. I haven't got my hands on it yet. <laughs> uh, but it, it's a uh uh what is that? A drone. Yeah, it's a drone camera yeah. and it has a little base station and you know it lifts off and you know can take videos throughout your house and I don't know if it's you had to map your house or if your alarms on then it then it actually automatically you know kind of goes to that to that location that there was a breach and identify i don't know man that sounds kind of sounds kind of cool yeah terminator i think it's coming i think it's coming
0: skynet sorry skynet terminator yeah that's i think that was a i think it was like a prototype they shared i don't know if it was an early hint of what what the kind of development team at Ring are working on, but it looked like a finished product to be fair. Uh, Let's see if if that, if that comes this year, next year, maybe. It would certainly be a, uh, you talk about funny videos of of animals on Ring cameras. I think there's going to be some funny drone videos on, on Ring cameras coming soon.
1: Right. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Let's see here. Does anyone have issues with their wired camera randomly going offline? Well, the only kind of wired to the network cameras is, you know, there's that one video doorbell pro, that one's hardwired with PoE. Elite. Yeah, the Elite. And then you have the uh, stick up camera that is PoE and hardwired. And so, Urbano, whenever you're talking about hardwired, this is actually just wired to the electricity. Mm. But the signal to the network is is wireless. And so at least that's that's the type of camera that I'm seeing mm-hmm. yeah, displayed here.
0: It's powered by you know an electrical outlet, but it's relies on its internet connection via Wi-Fi. And you know, as unless you've got a very good Wi-Fi system. Outdoor products always struggle a little from with, with Wi-Fi coverage and, and speed and quality of connection. Um, there's also people not really fully understanding their network and, and sometimes random offline instances could be, you know, the, your product's on the wrong Wi-Fi channel and that channel in particular suffers from interference from neighboring properties other wi-fi devices Um, maybe you've also got uh, multiple wireless routers or access points and the and the the cameras doesn't know whether to link to this one or the other one this one or the other
1: one yeah that'll that'll definitely screw it up and that's that's an excellent point you know for anything of ring or wireless devices you've got to make sure and understand that your network is set up correctly or things will be bouncing on and off all the time it, it could be what i found early on in the networks was that the ip addresses were, were a problem or people were using multiple routers and not understanding how routers were working or multiple access points and not having them set up correctly um, but with this but with this one It's very possible that he just doesn't have enough signal strength outside to this camera. And uh, because wireless is not a constant. It's not like it's going to be 60 percent in this location all the time, guaranteed. You know, wireless, it it fluctuates. Um, And so having having good signal to the exterior of your house penetrating through whatever kind of materials that you might have stucco is a big one for us you know Mm. brick it's wire mesh we really work with our network and start setting up a perimeter on the exterior of the uh, on the perimeter of the house and work our way into the center of the house for for setting up our networks instead of the other way around let me see you want to do one more last one All all right last one let's see here what's this one one of my floodlight cams can no longer be toggled to provide motion alerts. The toggle keeps going back to off. Anyone know how to fix this? I don't know Software, Software issue. No, no. And so I don't know the answer to everything myself to be And uh, so we're gonna drop down here in the comments and see what people suggest. Call customer service, yes. And by the way, Ring customer service is excellent. Have you ever had to call them, Chris?
0: I have. I know we've got slightly different service providers than than you have. We typically have to wait a little bit longer to get the support, but they're, they're knowledgeable staff. Yeah. Uh, they're very good at honouring warranties and very quick to send out replacement products if you, if you need them, which is which is exactly what you want if you're installing that product. But th- this this product here. You know, I'm looking at the comments. People are saying you know they may have a motion schedule turned on, and that's preventing them turning the, you know, toggling the motion because there's a schedule running in the background. And also, somebody's mentioned about the modes. Have you have you got involved with the modes? That's a new feature with Ring, JJ. Yeah,
1: it's a new feature, and I really haven't been able to master the modes yet myself either.
0: I I'm glad you said that because I don't find them as helpful as I I hoped they would be with the home and away modes and and what what those do. I think a lot of it is quite relevant to uh, when you have the ring alarm system. I think that's when you use it more so that you're you're toggling your alarm system on or off, Uh, but also home and away adjusts when, you know, your cameras are, are recording or, or sending alerts and I think that person's maybe just got to go through their settings one at a time and just make sure have I got a schedule on am I in home mode I, am I in a way um, and also some of the notification settings in their own phone as well might might be a factor there as well
1: yeah for sure gamble another great time with you on Monday
0: a long episode man
1: Long, long <laughs> it it flies by. Hopefully this week, you know, we can get get enough done. Although it seems like these weeks are flying by, it's almost February, Gamble. Mm. Almost February.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Almost Valentine's Day. It's mm. a big day for me, man. Yeah, twenty three years for Hope and I come Valentine's Day.
0: Is it the same date in the fourteenth in of February?
1: Yeah, yeah, same
0: ah, date. Okay, cool. Yeah. I know you sometimes have different dates for like Mother's Day and. Things like that.
1: Same day here. I got to put something together for her.
0: Yeah, you better. You better. (laughs) I'll remind you because you you reminded me in the past about getting gifts for Anna. So I'll I'll remind you this time.
1: Thanks. I'm going to take this as my reminder because it'll take me five days to get something put together.
0: Well, I'm gonna go back to setting up a Wi-Fi system. We've talked we talk about Wi-Fi regularly. I'm setting up a, a unified Wi-Fi system for, for a client that'll get shipped out tomorrow. Pre-configured Wi-Fi, one of the things we do at customized. And that's going to somewhere the opposite end of the country, they're just gonna plug it in.
1: It's gonna work. There you go. There you go. Well, friends that are joining us uh, for the first time, I'm JJ Cannon, CEO of Digital Delight here in the Houston, Texas area. You can find out more about us at digitaldelight.com where we create incredible experiences by using technology that everybody is familiar with.
0: And I'm JJ's co-host, Chris Gamble. Over in the UK, I run a business called Customize. We're smart home installers covering the East of England and London. You can find us at customize.uk.com.
1: Well, Gamble, as we sign off every week, for those that don't know, Find a home tech pro.